0: Welcome back everyone to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua Double underscore Stamper. Alright, Aspire listeners, I'm so excited because this is not a normal episode. This is an Aspire to Rise episode with Sarah Johnson. Woohoo! No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Aspire to Rise episode typically has a guest with us and we do some coaching but today I have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah and Sarah alone. It's been a long time since you've been on the podcast my friend. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. I always feels like coming back home when I get to be on your podcast. It's amazing.
0: Well and we, we were going back and forth on social media and I was saying it, it's been too long we need to connect and i really wanted the audience just to know what's going on in your life i know you've had a shift this year as far as a title and i thought that would be a good place to start but before we begin that conversation if by chance there's anyone left that has not found out who sarah johnson is we just give a little introduction of yourself
1: joshua i just want to thank you again for having me it's been a joy every time we have the conversations that we do. And I always know that there's something that's timed right for us. So yes, I am Sarah Johnson. I'm an educator in Northwestern, Wisconsin. I have been a classroom teacher, a principal, stepped away for three years on a leap of faith after writing Balance Like a Pirate, going beyond work-life balance to ignite passion and thrive as an educator. Uh, In that time, I wrote another book called Lead with Faith, which we've talked about before just really just helping the readers who go through that text to ground themselves in some very specific topics uh, that would help them in their leadership journey. And then I've decided this year to venture into something brand new. And in addition to leadership coaching, I've retained that role with Jay Cassis and Associates. I am now a library media specialist, 80% of the time, I guess. So I live with my two daughters and my husband, who is also an educator. So we just kind of like living and breathing this education world and now in a different way because I'm back in the classroom and it's kind of fun because for the very first time ever, my husband and I are educators in the same district and we have our children in the same district. So that's never happened. And it's just been full of all sorts of surprising benefits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, it's been a shift for you, not only in the position and what you do every single day, but then also the title. So I'm curious just as far as being a media specialist, former principal to now be in a completely different role, learning everything that goes with the job, but then also kind of being behind the scenes and and seeing leadership, just how that even feels. I, I just can't even <laughs> wrap my head around like being an administrator and then going back to the classroom or, or in your space like the, the media specialist.
1: I'm glad that you asked that question, and I think listeners can appreciate that. Idea of titles and the weight that they carry, and we talk a lot about this with influence versus power. And you know, it is a humbling experience in kind of the most beautiful way. But it's funny because I'm not certified for this position yet. I I wanted to share that with the listeners because I think I decided to to pursue this possibility of this position in August, and I was doing a school. Kickoff keynote, something or other, and uh, received a message from the local leader here who said, Hey, we don't have anybody certified. There's no applicants. Is there any chance that you might consider filling the role this year? And listeners who are familiar with me know I took a very spiritual journey to think through. You know, it would shift paths from something that I was planning on doing. And I had people say, I mean, doesn't that feel like a step back? (laughs) Doesn't that feel like it's not? the forward trajectory for your career. And of course on paper, that's exactly what it looks like. But, you know, I think that first of all, we have a challenge in our educational system of staffing our schools with highly qualified educators right now. And I see that everywhere and I thought I can be a part of a solution this year for a local community that I love and care about deeply. Obviously my husband and children, but you know, growing up in this area, you know, the families and the staff and the people who have educated my children so beautifully. I just wanted to help serve, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I thought, well, that's leadership, right? (laughs) That is true leadership, choosing to take on any title and give of yourself. And also that's not easy because I want to talk to you about the learning curve, not only just the title issue, but the amount of skills that I just did not have jumping into this role. (laughs) So we could peel that apart, but it absolutely is a challenge. And it's interesting because we've had a superintendent position open here that I did not apply for, but I am qualified for and have, you know, the ability to get that license. Um, we currently have a building administrator position that's open. that I am not going to be pursuing because I've decided to ground myself um, in the other work that I've been doing, which is supporting school leaders through the coaching that I do, um, the speaking, the professorship, and just keep learning as I go. <laughs> so I'm looking at this as like a beautiful experiment to help me get back into classrooms, which I think, again, is leader. When people are leaving, I'm heading into the fire, per se. And I feel like I was fresh enough to do that this year. So, title is interesting. And Leadership still matters no matter what we're doing and what role we serve.
0: Oh, for sure. And we talk about that on the (laughs) podcast all the time, right? It doesn't matter what your title is. Everyone is a leader. It's just a matter of how you're going to inspire other people. Mm -hmm. And so I know you do that every single day. You talked about not being licensed, which I love that you shared that because I think that's important for everybody to listen that sometimes you can get a job and you're not even have the certification within your grasp yet. So for you, Sarah, what is something that you have learned this year outside of, I, I know like every day you're learning something about being a media specialist, but like something that you learn this year in, in regards to leadership in a different role.
1: So a lot of times, and I've always known this, but I think this is huge, is that leadership is building other people and building other people up. Mm-hmm. Being on the receiving end of, I'm gonna to try to word this right, a lack of intentionality with culture and onboarding potential. I've just learned so much about, what that feels like on this end. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, positives being trusted when I was um, pursuing this position, I knew that I did not want to give up my leadership coaching. And so I proposed it to be an 80% position. And I learned, you know, the, critical piece of making things flexible when they need to be and not being so rigid so that that person can, you know, kind of live in their strengths and feel satisfied. So I'm so grateful that the school district, you know, chose to give me an 80% contract so I could continue to be that. But then it also meant (laughs) I've learned that I can teach 300 kids in a week in a three-day span and it's been my hair on fire some days. So I also just wanted to share because I think everybody has probably a different idea about what a library media specialist is. Mm -hmm. So in my context, we're in a small enough school. I think the district might serve under 600 kids now. And so I am a pre-K through 12 media library media specialist. And in that role, I have teaching librarian duties. So we have all grades pre-K through six come through the media center for their 30 minute rotations, which I feel you know, a very heavy sense of making sure that we're there and doing what we need to do. Cause we know that that's teacher classroom teacher prep time. Mm-hmm. In addition to that though, I also teach grades K through three tech classes. <laughs> so it's quite the hall and learning. And it's kind of funny because I consider myself tech savvy. I'm a podcaster. I've had to learn a lot. I have my own website doing all the things learning, but I am not comfortable with iPads. And here I am jumping in and, you know, late August going, okay, now I'm in charge of teaching a group of students that I have never met that actually I was a secondary certified teacher. So now I'm looking at all of the strategies and the classroom management and the appropriate level of instruction for K through three, which is no joke different plus the content of iPads. So I guess for me, as a reminder too, if you're a leader in a position and you're like, oh, you got this Just don't forget that a highly qualified educator still has a learning curve if it's a new area (laughs) they haven't been in because, oh man, I've worked in K through 12 schools. I've been an elementary principal, you know, I've done all the roles, but I've not been a classroom teacher at the elementary level. So I will shift on Mondays, for example, I need to pivot to be a kindergarten teacher all the way up through sixth grade. And then I get to supervise high school kids too, in that role. So just a lot going on. Yeah. And then the other thing too is, cause we just wear a lot of hats in small schools. I'm the administrator of the library of common school funds. I have a really big, you know, wonderful budget. So then how do I now learn how to lead with literacy and to support the reading programs, the STEM programs, maker technology, all of these things while managing the teaching load. So it's just been, there's leadership all across here. Definitely. It's exciting. But it's just like a ton of learning.
0: And you talked about the 80%. So you're 80% on staff and then the other 20%. And it's probably a different ratio in real life, but you also (laughs) are coaching and getting your doctorate. And I want to talk about both those things. But let's start with the coaching piece, because I know you're meeting with a lot of different leaders all over the country and working with them about whatever challenges that they're seeing right now and i don't know what you're seeing on your end but in my world i mean there are there are a lot of challenges this year and a lot of people are feeling burnt out and you know just trying to figure out what's going on with the world of education but what are some challenges that you're working with as far as coaching and and how are you helping those folks during this tough time
1: such a good question i am so fortunate i think i've shared this i work for j costs and associates and in that role, I get to do one-on-one coaching. Um, and I have, I think, eight principals, and I work also with the state of Alaska with their mentoring program. And I would say across the board, what I'm finding is the just that grind. So many of us and the people that are listening to your podcast are, you consider yourselves leaders, instructional leaders. The grind of knowing that the industry has been demanding managers for the last couple of years I think is really hard for the people that I'm working with. It's a, you know, when I ask them, is this still your dream job? And we taught, you know, we unpack, why was it that you wanted to get there? When you said what you were going to do in the interview chairs, Jimmy says, is it still that, and we've really peeled back the lens and the layers to see that it just is not being asked of them anymore to be the instructional leaders, even though they have this deep burning knowledge and sense that that is still needed. Even if it's not being demanded of them, mm-hmm. and so you just kind of have to <laughs> pace yourself, and and that's I think not that I have the best advice for it, but just processing that and kind of grieving it a little bit, and realizing that those skill sets will be called back. I do believe that they will be, but for now, learning how to you know manage your own expectations of what you can and can't do in that role has been more. It's never been more important, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: This podcast is a proud
1: member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com/podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: One of your passions is is really developing a focus. I know you had a one word at the beginning of the school year and and you talk about balance. Of course, that's something that you're passionate about too, being balanced like a pirate co-author and so I'm just wondering how in this chaotic time that we're in, have you been working through your one word and how are you disciplined within your techniques to make sure that you are a balanced individual?
1: Yeah. And that's really hard. The thing that I wanted to share with your listeners about this is that it doesn't matter if you are super disciplined um, in your habits, at some point you're going to have a dip and that's okay. I, you know, I've been on my exercise streak. And I haven't let that go for, I don't know. It's almost like, I I don't know. I'm almost up to 3000 days. That's the one thing I keep some pillars in my life that I absolutely won't let go of. That is one of them, but I used to have such solid grounding in journaling every morning and, you know, writing my mission down so that it was very much present every morning. And it's just, you know, our lives have shifted. I I've gone back to like, seriously being dependent upon as the anchor parent, plus all the stuff, you know, and everything. So it's just an interesting journey for me to realize that even the things that I have in place have kind of fallen off and maybe, you know, it's been like a month and I realize, oh, that's why I feel completely chaotic mm-hmm. to use the word that you used. But I definitely have chosen, um, to very mindfully and intentionally go back once a week, It might not be every day now, but I go back once a week to my mission and to the goals that I set. So yeah, my word is transcend this year. And I'm just realizing now I'm like, oh, it's March and I'm going to transcend that again, desire to get back into a particular title. And I'm going to keep working toward, um, you know, getting rising above the expectations around me. Um, but Hey, I'll give you one specific example at the beginning of the year, I have the one word. I set my intentions and my goals in the quadrant areas. So for if you're not familiar as listeners, balance like a pirate, we have personal, professional passions and uh, positional goals. And then I put faith at the center. Mm -hmm. And so I will every 30 days, uh, sorry, every 90 days with my planner, revisit those things to make sure that I'm getting them. And I wanted to share with you Sometimes you just have to kick your own butt and be like, I got to do this. So I did, I bought a karaoke machine and I know that sounds funny, but I've been lacking some joy, you know, it's hard. It's winter in Wisconsin. And one of my passions was to sing and act with my children. That was something I knew I was supposed to set. We just haven't done enough of it. And I was like, okay, so let's make this easier and get it in our home. And so there you go. Karaoke machine. My oldest is actually excited about it because it's not like our old glee DVD that we used to do over and over again. And who knows, maybe we'll have a recording deal someday. But there you know. Go. But really it's just making sure that you kind of um dip back into that stuff. But yeah, for real. It's been no joke how easy it is to fall off of those disciplines for me, even when I've put too much on my plate.
0: All right. So you got the karaoke machine. Do you actually physically have it? Have you oh
1: my gosh, yes. So- I've not used it yet. Oh. I have not unboxed it yet. I know that's tonight, like when we get done.
0: Okay, well, I need to know what's the first song that's being used on the karaoke machine. I just, all right.
1: I don't have a plan, but I'll let you know. And it might be Christmas music just say, to honor was you.
0: To Christmas music, if, if, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go back into the Aspire to Rise episodes. You'll find out the <laughs> craziness of myself and why I listen to Christmas music all year round. A smart choice. We're going to pause for just a second as I ask you, the listener, have you ever wondered if you could be a leader in your school or in your district? My book, Aspire to Lead, is available now as I share a practical guide for aspiring leaders to enhance your leadership capacity. As we all know, leadership is extremely difficult and getting that experience needed to advance can be a huge challenge. In this book, you'll find the Aspire model, which is infused with stories of past failures and successes to guide with actionable steps to enhance your skills. In addition, you'll find fantastic resources and contributions from 11 influential leaders. You can find Aspire Lead on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. If you have a chance to read the book, please take a moment to leave a review on any of the online platforms that you made your purchase. Now, let's get back to the interview. All right, my friends. So, you talked about transcending mm-hmm. this year, and we didn't talk about this at all, but what about your podcast? <gasps>
1: Oh, my goodness. I need
0: need the scoop. (laughs) You need the scoop. My listeners do, too. So what's going on with the In Awe podcast?
1: So we're going to be revitalizing the In Awe podcast. It's coming back. It's something that sat dormant, unfortunately, for a little while. And part of that is, you know, like you have so much on your plate and you just kind of push around some of the stuff that you don't want to lose. Um, So I'm so excited. We're going to be bringing that podcast back. And do I get to share the information or do you? Please. Is joining the Teach Better Network, which what, what? is super exciting. It is
0: exciting. I'm so excited. Yes. Like, this is something we played around with a little while ago, and to have mm-hmm. it actually come together, I'm so excited. So, yes, it's not even like formally announced yet, but we're going to put it out of the bag right now. That
1: so, <laughs> sounds good.
0: Yes, you're a part of the Teach Better Podcast Network, and I can't wait to get you up on the website as soon as possible. But And just the fact that the In you know, All podcast is going to start back up. I felt like there was something missing in my life and I just realized what it was. It was, it was the podcast.
1: It was totally the podcast. Absolutely. But
0: I understand that, you know, it's been hard because you have like a million things that you're doing, including you're going to be Dr. Sarah Johnson sometime soon.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, soon I started. Yeah, I did start my PhD.
0: PhD. So what is, what is the timeline on that? Are you regretting the decision? Are you loving the process? I mean, what Uh does that look like?
1: I regret this decision every day, um, but I'm not kidding, but it absolutely, if you know me, like I go on my goals and I let the spirit guide in terms of what I'm supposed to do. So I did um, start my PhD this last fall and it is in service learning and leading, and I'm starting my dissertation process at the, um, end of this year. And I'm going to study right now. I'm planning to study how spiritual practices influence leader's ability to be effective, but also to stay in their sphere of influence, I suppose. Hmm. So not religious, spiritual. So I'm diving into what that means, how I can serve others in the study and learn more. And it's kind of crazy because I never thought I'd even want to set up a research study, but I'll be doing that. So maybe some of your listeners will want to participate and be my.
0: <laughs> hey, why not?
1: Yeah, why not? I can study them, study you all. So where did I'm that come
0: from? I'm fascinated just with the topic. I don't think I've ever heard someone mm-hmm. explain that. So where'd that come from?
1: You know, obviously writing lead with faith. I look at and talking about actually falling off of disciplines. When I look at spiritual practices, I look at, you know, silence and you know, sometimes it could be meditation. I realized that my running for the longest time was actually moving meditation. And I didn't know that, but I was just doing it. And I could be my own little research subject, I guess, but just how those practices, um, impact our purpose, you know, and our ability to kind of lead through all the chaos. And I'm curious, does it have an influence if leaders don't have spiritual practices that they lean into? Are they, you know, I don't know yet. I I have a lot of questions still, but I guess I was just driven to it based on the stuff that I'd already learned through clients that I'm coaching myself. I think that we're spiritual beings and we, especially in public education, tend to just turn that off and try to get through the day. And I feel like so many of us suffer and I want to see if there's a way I can help.
0: So you talked about running being a spiritual practice. that has helped you as a leader. Is there any other practices that you would be willing to share that potentially could help our leaders and I mean yeah. I, I'm just thinking myself like I gotta kind of uh assess my own life and figure out I, <laughs> I do run not as frequent as you I don't have a 3,000 day streak by any means but
1: I'm not there yet I still have like 200 days which is almost a year but
0: <laughs> you are Close. so much better than me but I mean running in that sense like I do you know process and always feel much better after doing that and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just wondering I gotta think about like what else do I potentially do to to help in that spiritual journey. So, you know, is there anything else that you have found value in?
1: Well, I can, if I can hang there just for a second, you know, running itself doesn't actually do that. I was actually, my husband was just studying this year with some professional development about brain development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course the idea of this upper and lower brain. And actually some studies have shown that treadmills actually are lower brain activities. You don't get into the upper brain the way you can when you're outside. And he's like, Whoa, you've that's why it's so work for so long for you. And it's true. When I run on my treadmill, it doesn't have the dynamic and it's not creating new pathways in my brain, the way that when I run outside it does. And also over time, I've talked about this too. Like I don't listen to music or do anything else. So really in the end, it's actually moving meditation that's happening and so that's why I call that a spiritual practice. I can't say that it feels that way when I'm watching Grey's Anatomy on the treadmill, just trying to survive the steps because I can't stand the look of my basement as I'm running. But when I'm outside, <laughs> it's a different thing, right? Yeah. But I would say, yeah. So, um, you know, spiritual practices, it's acknowledgement and deployment of gratitude mm-hmm. could be considered a spiritual practice. It's just acknowledging um, the beautiful way that people have gifts and that connection. And of course, there's a lot of good research with that too, in terms of our own emotional boost, but it can be a spiritual practice. I think just like most things, depending on what we're, how we're motivated by giving that gratitude, right? Yeah. You know, of course, meditation itself. I think that a big one is just diving into yourself. They call it the inner journey you know, taking the inner journey and making room for silence and exploration and asking yourself, why do I do X, Y, or Z? Or why did I react to X, Y, or Z in the way that I did? Because I think we fill our lives with a lot of noise so that we are just always kind of in our brain and in our body. And we don't get to a spiritual space very often, unless we're
0: intentional about that. I'm pausing because I'm running these things down. (laughs)
1: there it's interesting because what I found so far in my literature review, and I'm so early in the game, but I don't see a lot of this in first of all, America, I'm seeing a lot of studies outside. And also, there are there is such thing coined as spiritual leadership. But again, we're not usually going to be doing that in public schools. And I'm just really, I'm really being mindful. I don't want to tie it to any particular religion. Sure. I believe that spirituality can transcend that. So, mm-hmm.
0: Well, that makes sense. I mean, like you're talking about all those different techniques and procedures. Like that's just not, it doesn't sound like American culture to me when you're yeah. speaking in that term, like the busyness badge of honor of I do all of these things instead of taking time to explore yourself and, and just listen.
1: And that's hard. Uh, It's hard for particular personality types. And I was forced into it when I left my (laughs) principal position because I had nothing else. It's like, what am I going to do? But I will say, though, it's true. We do. We fill it with other things. We fill it with Netflix. We Mm -hmm. binge. We binge read. I mean, things that might look uh, healthy on the outside really end up being the way that we just keep ignoring our internal cues and disconnect from ourselves and our inner knowing.
0: Well, I got a lot to think about, Sarah. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: you're welcome joshua we can process anytime
0: (laughs) so sarah what else you got going on because i know you got like a million different projects talk about busyness so i also know you are a professor
1: yeah thank you for pointing that out by the way because the people around me would say hey are you really living that balance message the aid that i've gotten to know this year in my library has just been such a gift i always look at the ways that we're connected with one another and she has been a grounding point for me to remind me she's like wait a second that doesn't seem very balanced." And I'm like, yeah, but you should have known me before. Right. But yes, I am a professor for a university here in Wisconsin. So I get to continue to do what I love, which is help leaders build their acumen. And um, you've spoken to my courses before. Yeah, it's been awesome. And I added, actually, we've had a few people from aspire to rise and I added on a legal class this last year. And I, it's one of those things where if I sit and try to say, okay, what should I start saying no to now that I've said yes to like this big thing, I just can't let it go. I love those students. I love even tonight, I've had a student contact me and say, Hey, are you teaching this course in the summer? Cause I miss it. I miss you already. And or asking me for interview advice and, and things that are just those one-on-one deep connections that you can make with people and their journey. Super powerful.
0: Yeah. I love all the different things you're doing. Cause I feel like you're feeding into the next generation of leadership.
1: Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, one more. I want to yeah. tell you about, Please. maybe I should just not be doing this library job because I, I have like seven part-time jobs, <laughs> but I'm going to start writing. I feel like I want to tell you and your listeners this, I am going to start writing a fictional series. I already did. I have 20 pages in and that's my main, like serve myself and my spirit purpose. Yeah. Like people could never, I mean, I think sometimes if I were to leave, you know, tomorrow or a year from now, I I care that they know that maybe I impacted people, but does it matter that I've been a professor that I'm going to someday have a doctor? No, I just want to live my life purpose. And right now that is lighting me up so much to think that I could get that, like this message. that's kind of been a lifetime message inside of me since I was little kind of be able to come out you know, some people be like, well, you didn't start out as an author. So really, blah, blah, But I'm like, oh, all the best authors wrote after they were 40s and 50s anyway, right? So <laughs> yeah, like just I dream sometimes about just going away for weeks at a time and pecking away at my keyboard and writing these characters. So I awesome. just to share that because that's that's the transcend piece, too, is I'm supposed to transcend like these societal expectations. And so maybe you want to co-author with me.
0: <laughs> Why not? I didn't think I was going to write Aspire to Lead. So I'm... exactly. Why not? You know? Someone, wrote, someone bought me an author shirt the other day and it was supposed to be kind of a funny thing but i was looking at it and i was like wow that actually is true
1: it's true and what are your next what's your next book like you have you have more books inside of you that's what the publishers want <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what the publishers want yeah i've actually thought about it a little bit I, I don't know what it'll be but definitely in the thought process yeah i guess i'll uh, be transcending also
1: you sure will can't wait
0: all right miss sarah johnson so how can the listeners connect with you on social media
1: they can't just leave me alone. No, I'm,
0: just kidding. I'm too busy.
1: <laughs> you can find me everywhere at Sarah S.A. Johnson, and that's Sarah with an H I'm on Twitter. Instagram are the places I still kind of spend most of my time, but I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook as well.
0: Did we say why you have those initials in between?
1: Well, we may have, but it stands for sings always, which is not really true. It actually is just the way that my very first email as a principal was and i just chose that because sarah johnson is super common i don't know if you knew that
0: no i, I do know that i just <laughs> couldn't remember the essay but sings always and now you have a karaoke machine so it all makes that's fun. right
1: as i literally will always be singing
0: <laughs> well sarah it's always a pleasure to speak with you my friend thank you for joining me and catching up i can't wait for your podcast to start back up and for the formal announcement to say that you are on the teach better podcast network mm-hmm. And I can't wait to collaborate with you. I don't know in what way. We'll have to figure that out. But any time with you is, is time that is well spent. And I always feel like I get additional wisdom from you. So thank you so much for being on the Inspire Podcast.
1: Much agree, Joshua. Thank you for your inspiration and service.